Hello, everybody. My name is Dietrich Wingpole, and welcome to the Good Steward Podcast. The title of today's video is The Believer Faces Tension. Whoa! The Believer Faces Tension. As believers, we face a degree of opposition. It seems that proclaiming you are a Christian has a negative connotation. People automatically think that Christians are judgmental, harsh, crazy, and unreasonable. We live in such a pluralistic world where other religions and other worldviews are tolerated. But when you in include Christianity in the mix, we are viewed as repellent sprays. And that is where tension lies. Jesus said in John 15, verses 18 to 19, If the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. And that is why the world hates you. See, Jesus chose us out of the world and showed us a new way of living. This way of life opposes the ways of the world. You are treated as a foreigner or alien when you are different from everybody else. And that is where the tension lies. So speaking of tension, let's take a moment and preface the word tension. Suppose I were to define tension in the context of this discussion. In that case, tension is a perceived feeling of hostility or confrontation from a different party, or it is a contemplation that requires you to address difficult and complex matters. So let me give you some examples. Example number one, imagine you have a conversation with someone of a different faith. Let's say someone who is Muslim. And the Muslim says, we love Jesus. Jesus is in the Quran. He is a great teacher, a prophet, but we don't believe that Jesus is God. There's tension because if you assert your allegiance to Christ, you may engage in argument. <laughs> Example number two, where a believer may face tension and how tension is applicable in terms of our interpersonal conversations. So example number two, let's say that you have a conversation with someone who hates Christians or hates Christianity. And they say that Christianity is a white man's religion. And they go as far as looking into the times of slavery, right, and, and, and imperialism, where... Admittedly, some Europeans who claimed to be Christians were never in the flock of Christ and they perverted and twisted the gospel to justify abuse, racial superiority, slavery, and murder. I'm not going to lie. I, I'll be very honest with you. Before I was saved, I subscribed to those viewpoints. So as you can see right here, the believer based on our interpersonal conversations, we may deal with tension for those who do not subscribe to our worldviews, to our faith. So today, 
I want to share with you a key scripture that will help you to navigate these tensions. And mind you, these tensions may not, is not, does not only fall to those of the world. These tensions can occur to your family members, your loved ones, and those who are deterred. So I want to share with you 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 to 16 as a guide to navigate these tensions. So let's turn our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 to 16. And it says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Wow. This right here is a very powerful verse. And I believe these two verses are commonly used in the world of apologetics, uh, which is to defend the faith. And if we were to examine these texts, I want to give you the context of First Peter, especially what were the challenges that the congregants were facing. So in First Peter, Peter the apostle, the disciple, right? He was a disciple of Jesus Christ, the apostle Peter. Uh, he wrote to several churches in Asia Minor. Uh, mostly the congregants of these churches were Gentile. And one of the challenges that they were experiencing was persecution because of their allegiance to Jesus Christ. In the midst of persecution, they experienced this sanctification process, the workings of the Holy Spirit, right, to be more like Jesus Christ, and they're experiencing the living hope in Christ Jesus. This is very important to note because as we navigate this world, we must look towards and experience the living hope in Jesus Christ. Notice here that... In the midst of their persecution, they experience joy. Why is that? Because of their faith. So if we were to put together hope and faith, hope and faith are intertwined. Hope is a confident expectation. Faith is multidimensional. Faith covers the past, present, and the future. So what do I, what do I mean by this? Faith in the past. Let's say that Jesus Christ, you encounter Jesus and you're not a believer. And Jesus said, 2,000 years ago, I laid my life on the cross and died for your sins. And I rose on the third day. Would you believe? Mind you, you haven't witnessed the miracles and, and signs and wonders that Jesus performed. You haven't witnessed him being placed on the cross. You haven't witnessed his resurrection. It takes faith to believe in that. Now, the present in terms of the component of faith in the present. The Bible 
right? Or Jewish tradition in terms of the Holy Scriptures were passed down through uh, uh, um, through storytelling, right? And 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 now it has become it passed down through oral tradition, right? And now it has passed down and it has been developed into a book. So in this present day, we use the Bible, right? We read the Bible uh, by simply saying that these holy these scriptures reveal who God is. And because we read the Bible as a framework of understanding who God is, it takes faith to say that the God of yesterday is the same God today and the future. Now, onto the future component of faith. Wait a minute. If you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, you are granted eternal life. Right? So there's a promise that you are granted eternal life. And in terms of the future, we anticipate his second coming. So the reason why I'm covering faith and hope, because these things are very important. If you don't have a solid foundation and the hope that you have in Christ Jesus based on the future, the trajectory of your life, if you don't have faith in Christ Jesus by saying, I believe who he is, I believe he's the author of my life, I believe he is sovereign, I believe that he, <laughs> he's God. He's God and he cares about my needs. If you truly believe for who God is revealed in scripture and your experiential knowledge of Jesus Christ, if you don't have a solid foundation of hope and faith, guess what? When you, <laughs> when you get into these conversations, right? For those who are not of the faith and those who have adversions to Christianity, yeah, you're probably going to have a very difficult time. So in 1 Peter, he affirms the congregants, right, of their identity in Christ. He acknowledged that they are experiencing this inexpressible joy because of their faith and they're experiencing this living hope in Christ Jesus. So how do we handle these very tensions in life, especially when we have a conversation for those who have been de-churched and for those who are not of the faith. If we were to go a few verses back from verses eight, so first Peter chapter three, verses eight to 13. And it says, Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. I want to make this distinction. Evil right? There's a misconception of evil. Evil is not just murder or theft, right? Evil is something that is not pleasing of the Lord, right? <laughs> does not align, 
the ways of the Lord. So that's essentially evil, right? So let's move on to verses. Uh, uh, let's continue. It says, because of this, you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his eyes are attentive to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good. Wow. There's a lot to unpack right here. So what Peter is essentially saying that while we are establishing the faith, right? While we are are holding firmly on the faith in Jesus Christ and experiencing the living hope of Christ Jesus is that we must uphold appropriate conduct to each other as a body of Christ and those of the world. Because when we uphold a conduct that aligns with the teachings of Jesus Christ, we are distinguishable. We walk as the light of the world. We operate in the fruit of the spirit. So when people insult you because of your faith and you demonstrate this meekness, this humility about you, this compassion about you, guess what? If they mock you, they're going to feel ashamed because the Holy Spirit will convict the mockers. And also, too, if you get into these intense conversations of sharing the faith, do not fight fire with fire. Do not trade insults with insults. Continue to repay evil with a blessing. It reminds me in Scripture when Jesus commissioned his disciples to share the good news. And what did Jesus instruct those who reject the the, the message, the gospel, to shake the dust? So I encourage you that if you are mocked and scorned because of your faith, it's time to shake the dust. It's time to pray for them. It's time. It's truly time to walk in meekness, present the gospel with gentleness and respect. Man, this right here, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 to 16, is a very powerful scripture on how we should navigate tensions in life, especially conversations of those who are of the world and for those who have been de-churched. And before... We go before we wrap up this episode. There's some of us who have family members living in the same household who are not believers. You may be the only believer in your core family. You may have friends who are unbelievers. And what if you are struggling with this tension, this contemplation on sharing the faith? You're probably wondering how they're going to respond. Would they be receptive? Man, we serve a God. That's demonstrated in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 11 to 12. And it says, 
They turn from evil and do good. They must turn evil from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. So we serve a God whose eyes are on the righteous, whose ears are attentive to the prayers of the righteous. So you may be praying about a particular loved one who needs Jesus. I encourage you to not be discouraged, to to not fear their threats or be frightened. Because even if you suffer, even if you are mocked, you're blessed. You're blessed. I want to share with you one last thing before we close this episode. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to preach this message at my church. And I preached at the 8 o'clock and 11 o'clock service at my church. And, my, and I invited my grandma. And she saw me preach for the first time. And for, for far so long, I was praying that I want to build a home church. I want to present the gospel to my grandma, to my aunt, to my cousins, to my mother. I am essentially the only one saved in my household. And in my prayer, I said, Lord, I just don't know where to start. But I remember after I preached at the eight o'clock service, my grandma stood in front of the church and she said, I'm going to, I'm going to tell Dietrich's mom (laughs) that Dietrich, uh, he can preach (laughs) that I'm so proud of him that I want to go to church. That's what she said. She wants to go to church and she wants to invite her loved ones, her friends at the church that I go to. My prayers were answered on that day. And on that day, it gives me so much hope that this is the first step, the first step in walking in faith to present the gospel to my loved ones. Praise God. Praise God. So be encouraged, saints. Be encouraged that if you are the only one saved in your family, present the gospel. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. What a beautiful gift that we're experiencing. The beautiful gift of salvation. The beautiful gift of being sons and daughters of Jesus Christ beautiful gift of salvation. (sighs) Praise God. Praise God. 